Hey y'all, welcome back to the Old Christian Podcast. You're listening to Jared Montana. And so today we're going to be continuing uh, our book series, and it's James chapter 5. And so it's actually been a huge blessing being able to lead these podcasts and, and co-host these podcasts um, because I learn by teaching. And this is just a little side side point. but um, And so because I learned by teaching for the last eight months or so, because we started on June 1st of 2021, and it's currently the end of February of 2022, and because I learned by teaching, I've grown so much through these podcasts, and I really hope that y'all are growing as well. Um, so we've currently, up until this point, we've gone through the book of Matthew, Romans, Ecclesiastes, Hebrews, Jude, um, and now we're finishing up James. I think we've done another one, maybe not. Um, and of course, we've done topicals all throughout the way, and and it's just been really... Um, rewarding. It's been very rich being able to do this. So I want to thank you all for listening and um, really just showing your support. We have so much support through the podcast. And and if you've ever been in ministry, you know how discouraging it can be. So thank you all for all that you do um, and all the listens that you give us. Um, So anyways, we're going to continue in James chapter five today. And so uh, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but it's, it's, Whenever we read the Bible, you, we all see chapters and verses and, and like uh, paragraph titles and stuff like that. All of that is fairly recent. Um, so what I mean is up until you know a few hundred years ago, there were no chapters, there were no verses. It was literally just letters written and um, or just books written, whatever you want to call it. And so when we read a book of the Bible, it's wise for us to understand the context, right? I think we can all agree the context is key. And so when we look at, say, James chapter 5, it's important to look at James chapter 4 because that is as the author intended to be what preceded James chapter 5. Obviously, again, they didn't have the chapters or anything like that. But uh, so before we talk about James chapter 5, I want to give the context of James chapter 4 so that we can kind of understand what's going on. And so anyways, uh, at the very beginning of James chapter 4, he talks about drawing near to God, because if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And then he goes in and talking about be humble, humble yourselves before God. And so then he begins issuing warnings. He said uh, he, uh, the first warning is against judging others. The next one is about uh, your self-confidence. And he basically just says like um, something along the lines of, uh, we say this all the time. It's not necessarily a Bible quote, but this is what I'll say. Man plans and God laughs. So essentially what he's saying is um, that when we make plans, a lot of the times we, we shouldn't count on them and boast about them because they're going to change. It's inevitable because God's plan is what's going to prevail. And so anyways, and then in verse 17, he ends chapter four with, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. So that parallels Romans chapter 14. But so starting off with Romans chapter, sorry, with <laughs> there we go, Romans with James chapter five, it starts out with another warning, except this time it's to the rich people. And by the way, if you live in the United States of America or even in any of the Western civilizations, you are rich. You are wealthy beyond measure. Uh, I believe in the United States of America, it's somewhere around if you make more than $40,000 a year uh, in, a, in a household, then you're considered the top top 1% of the world, something like that. Uh, I need to verify that. But anyways, it's something close. And so um, congratulations if you're listening to this podcast because you have a phone uh, to, of, of sorts or you have a computer. You're wealthy, okay? So just consider consider yourself wealthy when it's talking about wealthy people here, okay? So he says here, verse 1, Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Uh-oh. He's saying you got you got stuff coming. Um, he says your wealth is rotting away your, and your fine clothes 
are moth-eaten rags. So your wealth, gone, gone, okay? He says it's coming. Your clothes, they're going to get eaten by moths. And he says, verse 3, your gold and silver are corroded. Uh-oh. You're telling me that the gold and silver, the things that it's the primary currency, they're being corroded? So in other words, they're becoming worthless? The very wealth you are counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. That's, that's, a tough, that's a tough one. The wealth you are counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. It reminds me of Matthew chapter 6, um, where essentially God is saying, look, I'll provide for you just like I provide for the birds. And so it's very easy to worry about money and be like, okay, well, if I don't focus about money, then I won't have anything to eat. But Matthew chapter 6 says that God will provide for us. And here it's saying that... Um, I lost my place. Anyways, here it says that uh, we're counting on it. If we count on it rather than on God, uh, if we're paralleling it with Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Man, I'm stuttering today. It's crazy. Um, it will eat away our flesh like fire. So let's not count on our flesh. Let's not count on our money, on our desires. Instead, let's count on God because when we count on God, he will provide. So verse 4 says, listen, hear the cries of the field workers. Um Sorry, I skipped this last part, but this corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. Now, I want to talk about that for a second, and this was an important one. That's why I wanted to go back. This treasure that you have hoarded, think about it. And here in the United States of America, it's praise if you can save money, right? We're trying to hoard our money. This treasure that you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. This wealth that we're amassing, this gold, the silver, the stuff that's corroding as we speak, it will testify against us on the day of judgment. I, 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 I read this and I think that for every dollar I have in my bank account when I die, if I, if, if, you know, I don't have plans for it in my will, then I'll, I'll be judged for that because like, I could have given it. Anyways, that's my own personal conviction. Um, read it at first, uh, James chapter five, verse three. If you, maybe you want to feel that same conviction, <laughs> everybody just avoids James chapter or chapter five, verse three. Anyways, verse four, it says for, listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. So saying, look, when we make wealth, our primary concern, of course, we're going to end up jipping people. We're going to end up cheating people. And so if we do that, the people that deserve uh, well compensation, uh, the people that we're paying to harvest our fields uh, or whatever, you can make the, the, the appropriate analogy for whatever your line of work is. Um, if you are cheating them and it is causing them misery, you will pay the price for that because um, God knows that. God hears that. God hears their cries, their moans, their, their, their groans. Verse 5 says, you have spent your years on earth in luxury. Okay, get this. Satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. That's tough. That's rich, but that's tough. <laughs> Get it rich? Uh, there's a pun. Anyways, <clears throat> you've spent your years on earth in luxury because, again, in, uh, we are amassing wealth. You're satisfying your every desire. That's, that's what uh, Paul would say in Romans chapter, uh, really, seven through or 6 through 8 is walking by the flesh and not in the spirit. So if you're satisfying your flesh, you're satisfying your every desire, what you're doing is, according to verse 5, you have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. I think of the uh, the movie Babe. It came out, I don't know, 90s, 2000s, something like that. I don't know. I saw it in the early 2000s. I was itty-bitty. <clears throat> but I think of that movie, and of course, there's a bunch of pigs, and, and that's what they were being bred to do was to get fattened up and sold and, 
and um, so that they could be slaughtered, right? And so that's what you do. You fatten up a, a calf and then you slaughter it so you can have nice tender meat, right? Um, and so, or a cow. And so anyways, that is what you do. You fatten up your what you're trying to, to, to slaughter. But notice how in like in the movie babe or in uh farming or whatever industry that's agriculture i guess it is anyways somebody is fattening up something else because they aren't sacrificing themselves they're sacrificing something else for their own benefit but here in verse chapter five it says that you are fattening yourself so you are playing the uh the butcher as well as the sheep you're playing the butcher as well as the pig here and so while you think you may be winning, you are actually not. Because from the butcher's perspective, you're winning. And if you're wealthy, that's the only perspective you see is in, in this analogy here. But sooner or later, you'll recognize that you are in fact actually the pig, not the butcher, because you will butcher yourself after fattening yourself. And so you will reap what you sow. You will face the actions of your own consequences. Sorry, you will face the consequences of your own actions. According to Revelation chapter 20, God judges us based off of our actions. And it's elsewhere in the Bible as well. But um, So you are fattening yourself for the day of slaughter simply by satisfying your every desire. So what does that mean? It, it genuinely means stop walking in the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Allow God to guide your life. Be generous. Be giving. Stop satisfying your flesh and your wants and your selfishness and instead give. Give. In verse 6 he says, uh, you have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. So I instantly think of, you know, the the uber rich category of people who uh, can get away with like crazy stuff like that in these days. Um, I'm not going to list any names or anything, but uh, it's all conspiracy, I reckon. But anyways... So then he goes on to say, uh, and, uh, it's less of a warning and more so of a uh, patient endurance, or he's encouraging brothers and sisters in Christ at this point. And so this is verse 7. He says, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. <clears throat> so then he compares this uh, this patience to that of farmers. He's like, look, farmers, when when they, they plant their seeds, they wait and they, they patiently wait for the rains to fall in the, uh, in the fall and in the spring. And he says, uh, and then sooner or later, uh, they will have a harvest. And he says, you too, verse 8, you too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. There is going to come a day when Jesus comes back to reap his harvest. And that is going to be, his harvest is the brothers and sisters in Christ. It is the church. And so he's going to reap his harvest. And so I believe it's Matthew chapter 25 where he talks about where he's going to separate the, the chaff from the wheat. Um, the chaff. I don't know what it's called. I need to look at it. I say it so much. The chaff or the chaff from the wheat. He's going to separate the two. And so the wheat, of course, is the, the profitable grain. That is the church. And so the, the chaff is the excess, the, the nonsense, the stuff that's going to be burned, uh, as Matthew chapter 25 states. And so when Jesus comes back to reap what he, uh, his harvest, to reap what he has sown, that is going to be the day of judgment. And so that's what he's talking about here. Um, he says, you too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. And he says, don't grumble about each other, bro- brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Um, verse 10, it says, for examples of patience and uh, in suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. So in other words, he's saying, look, if you don't know what pati- uh, enduring, which it means to patiently suffer, we'd love to say that on this podcast. Uh, if you don't know what enduring looks like, let's look at what the scriptures say. And so he talks about Job. He's like, 
Look, Job, it's a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But he says, uh, right after that, he says, but most of all, siblings in Christ, never take an oath. What? Don't take an oath. Why? He says, by heaven and earth or anything else, just simply say yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. So, um... Have you ever made a promise to somebody that uh, you weren't able to keep? And I, th- I instantly think of, uh, I don't know why, but I think of like a parent making a promise to their kid, not thinking that their kid is going to remember the promise that was made. And so then the kid calls out the parent is like, but you promised. And then I instantly think of the kid calling the parent a liar because they weren't able to keep their promise. Maybe we can all relate to that. I don't know. I was once the kid. I'm not a parent, so I can relate in that regard, but maybe... Hopefully not someday as a parent. Um, I don't relate, but realistically, I'm sure I will. Um, And so maybe y'all can relate to that. But if you let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes is what it's saying. So don't make promises that you can't keep. And then he goes on to talk about um, uh, more endurance. He says, are any of you suffering in hardships? He says, you know what you should do? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You know what you should do? You should sing praises. Thank God for for your happiness. Uh, I learned the other day, which I I know my dad had taught me this before, but he just reminded me of it. But he says, uh, happy is just the root word of happenstance. Um, And so, which means it's temporary and fleeting. Um, And so, anyways, he goes on to say, are any of you sick? This is what you should do. You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. So if you're sick, have the elders surround you, put oil on you, and pray in the name of the Lord. And he says, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. <clears throat> My voice just acted weird there. But such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Um, and so then he goes on to say that if you confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will be healed, you may be healed, um, is what it says. And so the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So in other words, prayer works is what he's saying. So I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but anyways, I'm not going to go through the whole story. But anyways, I was praying for one of my childhood best friends to uh, to come to the faith or to uh, really start taking his faith seriously. And he ended up calling me and he is. And then I started praying for another one. And then he called me or he didn't call me. He came by my place. And anyways, so now they're both taking their faith seriously. And I, I as soon as I knew what was going on, what God was doing, I said, wow, prayer works because I was praying for them. And now their faith is, is serious. Or they take their, their faith seriously. And then as an example of prayer working, he mentions Elijah. And he says, uh, Elijah, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And he says, but then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and earth began to yield its crops. So he's saying that prayer works. Don't give up on prayer. Prayer certainly works. And then he ends the chapter with these last two verses, and I'm going to read it. And he says this, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Now, obviously, it's not saying that you are capable of saving somebody. No, what he's saying is if you lead them to Christ, Christ can save. And so you will be uh, attributed that. Um, And so... Anyways, that is all of James chapter 5, and this was a really short uh, podcast, really just because I did this by myself, um, and I didn't have CODIS to offer, you know, additional thoughts or anything, but um, 
that is James chapter 5, and I think we're going to end up doing Colossians next, maybe. Um, I'll have to talk with Codus about it, but here's what Codus would say right now if he was on. He would be talking about the t-shirts, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, honestly, guys, like we're getting a lot of cool feedback. People really like the shirts, um, and if you would want to get a shirt, feel free to go to yolkchristianpodcast.com, um, and it'll take you to our website, but... Um, I actually really enjoy the shirts. Um, it's a really good conversation starter and I feel like I'm selling stuff and I do that for a living. So I'd rather not do it anymore. So anyways, uh, feel free to go check it out though. Um, I'd love to have you as an ambassador. So reach out to us if you're interested about that. Um, so, uh, we can, we can work out a deal so that we can, uh, maybe send you some money, um, for being an ambassador. Anyways, uh, if you're interested in that, reach out to us on Instagram and, I just want to say thank you all for listening. Uh, y'all have been a huge blessing to, to Codus and I. <clears throat> and uh, God is doing amazing things uh, through us and with this podcast and outside of this podcast. And we've got a lot of things uh, in store. And uh, so I know a lot of times Luke uh, here recently was on like in the Ecclesiastes podcast. Um, he has gotten incredibly busy. I'm not going to talk about what he's got going on, but uh, you know that's his story to tell. So... But God is blessing him abundantly, uh, just as he is uh, Codus and I, and uh, he's staying busy. So um, anyways, God's doing a lot with him, and it's really cool to see. So keep praying for us all. Um, Ultimately, all that we want to do is God's will, and so we've all got stuff in play right now, like major things in play, Um, job opportunities, moving opportunities, all that fun stuff. And uh, just pray that God guide us, guide our steps. Um, pray that we have the strength to pick up our feet and that God guides them as they fall. Um, so we appreciate that. And you know, I'm going to end this uh, this podcast with a prayer. So whether you're driving or whatever you're doing, um, you know, just be safe. You don't have to close your eyes. That's just a formality. Anyways, dear God, thank you for today. Um, God, I just want to thank you for the opportunity of faith that you've given us. Uh, me specifically, I can't speak for, you know, everybody, maybe not everybody listening to this prayer is saved, God, but, um, God, I pray that you, if somebody that's not saved is listening to, to me pray this prayer, God, I pray that you send somebody in their life that demonstrates the love that you have shown them. And through that, they're able to see your love. But God, I want to thank you for my faith, the opportunity of, of the fellowship that you've given us. And and God, thank you. Um, just thank you for all that you've blessed me with. That I don't deserve it. I deserve um, nothing, <laughs> literally nothing. I am a wretched sinner, and I screw up on a daily basis. And um, I really don't deserve anything. But because of your love for me, you bless me just like a good father does. And you teach me and guide me and discipline me. And God, I just want to thank you for all of that. I want to thank you for the discipline. And you have refined me um, through the times of of praise and through the times of fire. Um, So God, thank you for allowing me to be refined and giving me the the softened heart to where I can see that the refination. Is that a word? Anyways, I made it a word, the refining. So God, um, thank you for all the things that I take for granted on a daily basis. That includes... Uh, my life a lot of times, honestly, God, I take it for granted. Uh, I wake up and say, oh, Monday, because today is Monday, God. <laughs> and instead of, of that, I should say, God, thank you. It's Monday, you know, and, and God, I'm sorry for that. I take it for granted. Um, thank you for all the relationships that you've given me that I take for granted and the life 
um, that you've given me um, in terms of all of this stuff around me that I have currently. Like, God, I don't deserve this house, but you've given it to me, this car, even though I've, I've got a bunch of car nonsense happening. God, thank you for those cars and for the nonsense that's happening with those. Um, God, I am blessed beyond measure, and it truly is beyond measure. But I want to thank you for those things um, and for the blessing that you've given me despite not deserving them. Uh, you really are a loving, gracious, giving God, Father, and I really am wordless and speechless um, to communicate the things that I'm feeling. And so, God, your word says that the Holy Spirit will communicate on my behalf. And so, God, I'm thankful for that. (laughs) Thank you for the Holy Spirit within me communicating on behalf of me and and teaching me and being my advocate uh, on Judgment Day when it comes, God. Anyways, um, God, I pray for those who are listening. I pray that they continue to uh, seek you, and I pray that they continue to have a fire within them uh, burning for you. Um, Just like in Matthew, I believe it's either 24 or 25, God, it's the parable of the the bridegrooms. And and so those, those bridesmaids, they allowed their candles to burn out. And so, God, I pray that our candles don't burn out. I pray that you give us candles bigger than the Eiffel Tower and that the wick uh, be a a long-lasting wick, God. Um, Continue to allow us to increase our faith and burn uh, our wick so that we can be ready for when you return. Um, God, thank you for these warnings that you've given us in the book of James and specifically in James chapter 4 and 5 here. Thank you for the warnings so that we can uh, correct ourselves. And thank you for loving us enough to give us those warnings. Because um, God, I know John chapter three verse sixteen. It says that, uh, sorry, uh, verse seventeen and eighteen. It says that um, Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so, God, sometimes we need that tough love. God, sometimes we need to receive this correction so that we can improve, so that we can better ourselves for Your kingdom, so that we can impact this world in a positive way for Your kingdom. So God, thank you uh, again for the the faith that you've given us. I pray that you continue to guide us, guard us, protect us, um, and allow us the opportunity to share our faith like never before and to grow your kingdom like never before. God, I pray your word says to pray uh, specifically. So God, I pray for a third great awakening uh, in this world, and I pray that people come to you. We all have a come-to-Jesus generation, God. And all those things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you all for listening to this podcast. That might have been a long-winded prayer, but it was a, it was a good one. So um, thank you all for listening. I love you. God loves you. Godspeed.